Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, June the 28th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, proper week eight, which is the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Wednesday of the week, like I said, take a look at one of the extra passages which land in this week in the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so I talked about it last Wednesday, some of these extra passages through this ordinary time of the church year is landing in Jeremiah, the prophet, uh, some, kind of like the flyover country of uh, devotional material. People tend to skip over a lot of Jeremiah. So let's go there, right? So we were in Jeremiah 20 last week. We're going to skip ahead a few chapters today. Jeremiah chapter 28, verses 5 through 9. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Jeremiah chapter 28, verses 5 through 9. Then the prophet Jeremiah replied to the prophet Hananiah before the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. He said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words you have prophesied by bringing the articles of the Lord's house and all the exiles back to the place from Babylon. Nevertheless, listen to what I have to say in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. From early times, the prophets who preceded you and me have prophesied war, disaster, and plague against many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace will be recognized as one truly sent by the Lord only if his uh, prediction comes true. This is the word of God for us. So this is a strange and unusual passage. And I think what, why people like this part of Jeremiah is because it's this long extended prose instead of a lot of this prophecy that happens in a lot of the different sections of Jeremiah. And if you go back to some of the critical um, work on this and commentaries, you'll notice several things. Just how unique this all feels. So like if you and I were going to read Jeremiah all the way through in a span of maybe four or five days, like we would get to this place, we'd say, I feel like maybe there's like a different author here and there's uh, some evidence because of that uh, in, in regards to that point of view uh, and there's several different reasons why if you actually go back to the hebrew text uh, names are spelled shorter in this section or names are spelled differently in this section than they are in different sections of jeremiah and at times uh, the, the formal title the prophet is used here unlike other parts of jeremiah so it almost seems like um, there's this tradition called Jeremiah the prophet and perhaps the last edition that we had which fed uh, to the creation of the Hebrew Bible the one that we have in our hands uh, there's the sense that maybe there's a couple different sources but that's for those way above our own pay grade uh, I think we're just sitting here trying to read and trying to think okay how does this inform my life for today uh, what I love about this passage is that there's a collision of two ideas here in fact one of the commentaries that I'm using, it titles uh, chapters 27 through 29 as prophecy and politics, because there seems to be a collision of two expectations here. And both of them are rooted in legit Hebraic traditions. 
right? And so Jeremiah's trying to sort it all out here. And it seems to be like he's on one camp, probably all by himself here. And there's this prominent prophet, Hananiah, who's um, speaking a different narrative and a different conclusion to the events that are afflicting the world at this time, right? There seems to be a war of narratives. And we don't we know that? Like, many of us know that if we're flipping through TV or we're scrolling through YouTube at a certain time of the day during the weekday, that if you land on one cable news outlet, you'll hear one way that a event is described. And you go to the next one. And there's a completely different tone. Or there's a complete like ignoring of that story because they don't think their audience would care for such a story. So they just kind of leave it to the side, right? Just like in our world, same in Jeremiah's world. There's a battle for a narrative. And Jeremiah is trying to justify his own position. He's trying to lengthen his ministry as prophet because a lot of the things that he was saying earlier on are be- beginning to show themselves. And so he wants to continue to share his story. In the midst of this, there's a uh, collision of narratives. So Hananiah seems to be um, trying to lean on the the, uh, covenant of the monarchy here, saying, you know, if kings kind of turn the ship around by trying to make some better decisions, then God is going to rescue them and they can actually prophesy peace in the land. Where Jeremiah is like, actually, I'm going all the way back to like the the, uh, covenant, the end of Deuteronomy with Moses. Which says if we don't change our behaviors, like a full, you know, full change like from top to bottom, not just the monarchy, but everyone changing their habits, changing their ways, only then would God remove this hardship from us. And so there's this collision of ideas. It's not unlike what we see today, even in the church, right? Uh, some people want to take a look at uh, some of the difficulties that we have in ministry today in the American frontier of religion. And they would say it's because we have you know, allow the church to subscribe to these things. And there's kind of like this fear that is baked into the message. Then you've got like another group of folks who are saying, actually, like there's a great openness. Like there's an opportunity to try to create. Maybe this is time to innovate, to be entrepreneurial, uh, because we can't just keep on doing the same stuff and expect different results. So why don't we go back to the studs of this thing and, and start all the way over? And so you've got like this traditionalism. There's nothing wrong with that. You've got like this entrepreneurial spirit. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's trying like each of them are trying to gain a hearing. And of course there's variances of others. And there's people who are trying to harmonize the both of them. But what seems to be in the balance is who are we going to listen to? And like, like how do we know where God is at in the midst of all this? And so Jeremiah comes in, in our short passage this morning, he says, there's going to have to be fruit to it, right? Um, There's going to be some sort of evidence. And perhaps Jeremiah was just a, you know, really early, Missourian, right? Like a show me state guy. Like we're going to you know, show me that what you're saying is actually going to come to pass. Like where's the evidence that peace is going to arrive? That's what you're saying. You're prophesying peace, but really like we have to hold your, you and your word in contempt until we actually see some fulfillment. I think this is important for us because I think that we do get prophets who come from the church from time to time. And I don't think that we need to show them contempt. I'm a continuationist. I believe that the spiritual gifts are alive and well today, like they were in the age of the apostles. Uh, I'm not a cessationist like some in the church. And if you are, that's fine. You, you do your thing. I do my thing. Let's compare notes at the end. But I think that there is this sense where people think that they could say this is from God and they're going to gain an immediate hearing without actually have to like investigate the fruit of their ministry 
and really like the you know this if their words are solid or not right they just kind of say you know i'm just gonna say the word of the lord and the word of the lord and people are just gonna believe me I think it's worth the church being discerning in these moments. And I'm not saying we got to be cranky discerning, like hold everything in contempt, like start with a no instead and work our way to a yes. I just think that we have to take the advice of the Apostle Paul when he says, don't treat prophecies with contempt. We test everything and we cling to what is good and we resist the evil in it. Okay. And we can go from there. And that takes communal discernment. It takes looking at our tradition and seeing how our foreparents had navigated these waters before. I love the way that G.K. Chesterton says that uh, there's no legit vote on something unless tradition can cast its own vote. And I think that's important too. Like what's our root system in all of this? But we've got to keep our minds open. We also have to keep our eyes open and say, okay, where is the fruit being born? And what is the fruit on the vine here? Is it something that's trustworthy or not? Let's listen together. Let's follow God with great faith, but also with great care in these regards. And we just, it all starts with this confession. God is with us. He hasn't abandoned the church and he's not going to. There's no post-church people of God. We're always going to be the church. And because of that, God is always going to be with us and he wants to speak to us. And so like Jeremiah is trying to navigate all the complexity of his time, let's begin to look for the fruit out there and let's follow where the fruit goes, not just what our feelings or not just what we hope would happen. Let's follow God where the fruit is. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we think that you speak to the church today. And we confess to you that we are excited to hear your voice. I mean, what could be better in a life of faith than to hear from our God? Because we know that when we hear from you, it brings great vision, it brings, brings clarity, but also brings great love uh, because we hear a comforting word from a loving God. We also confess to you that it seems to be a daunting task to imagine that we could actually hear from a God. And so we um, just to kind of resonate with this posture and perspective of Jeremiah today that uh, we want to make sure it's right and we don't want to be paralyzed by the over-analyzing of what your word might be, but we do want to be discerning. So we do thank you for the gift of community that we can listen together. We thank you for the gift of tradition that we can look back upon and receive guidance from our four parents of the faith. God, we, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would open up our ears open up our minds, open up our hearts. We pray that as we draw near to you, that you draw near to us, that we'd hear you speak to us today, that it'd be confirmed with this great resolve, this great confidence. We would also see the fruit that it bears in the world around us, because ultimately we just want to follow you, God. We want to know the bliss of being your kids, and that includes being in the middle of your will and hearing your voice. So we ask the Holy Spirit, you'd speak to us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.